Kia ora and welcome everyone to the Kiwi Running Show. My name is Hayden Sherman and it's good to be back. It's been about 12 months since we did our last show and um, you've probably been wondering where you've gone and how life can go on without us. But we are back and a um, bit of news. We'd like to welcome a um, new co-host to the show, um, my old Wellington Scottish club mate who's now based in Wollongong, Australia, um, Stefan Smith. Welcome to the show. G'day, mate. Happy to be here. Thanks very much. Oh, yeah, good to have you. I'm glad to hear you're picking up some of that Australian lingo. <laughs> yeah, got to fit in somehow, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a bit like that, eh? Um, but uh, it's good to have you joining the show. And um, for those who, who don't know Stefan, he's a, a very well-performed distance runner in, in New Zealand who's um, you, you've sort of taken a bit of a break over the last few years and kind of just getting into it now that um, life's sort of settling down for you over there in Australia. But uh, today we really wanted to um, hear about hear about what who you are as a runner and, and sort of your background. And I think this is quite a cool um, story that will will be relevant to basically all of our listeners because you've gone through the whole evolution of starting young and then um, getting back into it as an adult. So um, that'll be very cool. Um, and also in the show today, we're going to just round off a little bit of news from the New Zealand Secondary Schools Cross Country Champs, which was on last weekend, um, as in the weekend not just gone, but the previous one. Um, and, yeah, and also give you a bit of a heads up for what we're going to do for the show coming up um, over coming months. So, Stefan, um, let's, let's find out about who you are as a runner. So when, when yeah. did this running thing take off for you? Like, were you an um, athletics kid growing up or um, you play any sports when you're young? Yeah, yeah. So um, me, it started uh, pretty young, I guess. Like I, I was always kind of going to athletic days and stuff and, you know, would just um, kind of compete in everything from kind of shot put, high jump, long jump, yeah. sprints, distance and stuff, as you do at athletic carnivals, barefoot on the grass. Yeah, nice. Um, and so, yeah, grew up in Hawke's Bay where I um, was competing down at Marua Park for the Napier Gennets um, and was – with them um, kind of just, yeah, probably like once a week um, as I was juggling cricket, rugby, uh, gymnastics was my main sport um, growing up um, through to about 12 or 13. Yeah. Um, and, and then... With your gymnastics, were you like full-on competing or...? Um... Yeah, yeah, big time. So um, Wearing the yeah, leotards? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So was was training anywhere between probably 25... To 30 hours a week sometimes. Oh, right. um, what is it, 12, 13 year old? Yeah, well, from about nine till, yeah, 12, 13. So a good few solid years there where I was really immersed in it and, um, yeah, it was competing on the national level um, where I actually picked up a silver at one champs and a gold in the tumbling champs one year. Oh, nice. For nationals? Yeah, for nationals. So wow. um, the, the thing with gymnastics is there's no um, – age barrier so oh, you know really? um I remember I made quite a big jump um <laughs> sounds funny but when I was about seven um yeah. and and so yeah I remember when I was like eight or nine and I was still in the same level but you know I was competing against like 12 13 year olds and stuff so it, it's more based sure. on your ability rather than your age grades yeah sure yeah yeah so that was I think um the initial I guess exposure I got to um, that what it takes to really train hard. And I didn't really care about um, who I was competing against or ages and stuff. Like you never make up kind of excuses that they're older than you. You just kind of yeah. get on with it. Yeah, cool. Yes. And were so you, that, did you enjoy that training? Like were you into it at the time? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah, I loved it. It was um, it's funny gymnastics because you, you don't actually hardly ever go through routines or compete until you actually have your competitions. It's mainly just conditioning work. So it's like, you know, you might go to and do a two-hour training session, but like an hour and a half of it is just conditioning work. So just stretching and doing wow. strength-based exercises um, for that whole time. And then yeah. you might do an hour of technical um, stuff. So, yeah, it was it was pretty intense for a, for a young kid, but I really enjoyed it, um, probably because I was doing pretty well at it. Um, cool. And then, 
I guess I only really threw it in because, you know, I was like 12, 13 years old. Wasn't that cool to wear a leotard? Um, <laughs> it was pretty, yeah, I don't know. And and it started getting a bit, it's a pretty scary sport, to be honest, as well. Like, um, I think as a kid, you're a lot more fearless. Um, and when you start realizing, you know, some, yeah, when you're doing releases from a bar and that, and you're like, man, if I don't grab this, I, I break my bones. And yeah, um, yes. I, I think a combination of that type of stuff saw me away from it. Um, yep. And then, yeah, I, I kind of started training a little bit, but didn't really get serious into proper structured training until about 15 or 16. Yeah, so with um, your running. School. Yeah, with the running. Cool. And were you, were you one of the kids that would win your primary school cross-country or were you more like a normal kid back in the making up the numbers? <laughs> nah, I was... Yeah, I always kind of thought that I I'm maybe wasn't kind of that talented and always did a lot, um, got further from this hard training. But yeah, um, I do one of the couple of races that stood out when I was younger, um, which is probably why I, I guess, got the first introduction to it was my last year at Intermediate. I won um, like out into schools, so it was like all the schools in Hawke's Bay. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was it was only three k cross country, but I, I won by about three hundred meters, which is a pretty fair um, way. And I just remember my dad saying at the start, he was like, "Just go for it and and don't look back." And and I really yeah just get the field and kind of kept going. And I think that I set a I set the record that year, and I know it stood until like I think after I finished high school, like it wow. stood for a while. Yeah, I think it might have been broken by now, but um, maybe Eric Speckman came along and, and stole it off you, something, someone like that. <laughs> nah, I don't think he was a couple, only a couple of years younger than me. So um, yeah, I, yeah. he didn't really hit his straps till a bit later in high school either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the other one was actually the Dawn Cup, which I I ran for Napier down there in the under fourteen um, grade and won that race. Um, cool. and I remember guys like you know Brendan Blacklaws and Tarapa and Sean Hunt and Tim Hodge all those names and stuff so that was um pretty cool nice um and for those who don't know the Dawn Cup that's aside from Wellington Cross Country Champs it's sort of like the big cross country race of the lower North Island so you'll get guys from Taranaki, Hawke's Bay, Manawatu everyone goes south and races this this race um guys and girls of course um yeah yeah Oh man, I, the, I I'm still bitter that I never won that as a senior. <laughs> I, like, I I tried real hard, and the two times like I got the closest, I got second, and the both both times the guys that won were visitors, one from Auckland and one from Christchurch. Oh. I was like, go be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, nothing worse. Um, and it is it's it's a cool race because it's eight k and basically flat, apart from a couple of um, what the flood flood bank things eh? so just little little rises so yeah it's a good leveler between the strength guys the distance guys and the middle distance runners so yeah um anyway so moving into your your high school years when when did running become like the training become really serious and i know your dad was a um, a big mileage guy back in the day, so obviously he would have played a, a bit of a part getting in your ear, getting you out the door, doing some some K's. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, I probably thought at the time that I was training a fair bit when I was in high school, but this um, like when I see what some of the kids are doing now and stuff, I was like, oh man, I really wasn't doing that much. Really? But, wow. Um, yeah, I. For me, I I did pretty well. Like my first few years at high school, um, I got a couple of like top five finishes at at the national road champs, and our team, our school used to focus on that because we had a good group of three of us. So we actually won won the national secondary schools road three man team my first three years of high school. Nice. Um, Yeah, and then we actually did we win at our. I think we got second in my sixth form year and then maybe won it back again. I'm not too sure. But, um, wow. yeah, yeah, that kind of gave me a bit of exposure and to um, kind of enjoying running and just that team environment as well, which yeah, I think yeah. is really, really cool. Even though it's an individual sport, you get to share that success with guys. Yeah. Um, 
And so I went, I was actually the same year, me and um, Dan Wallace, who's running pretty well over the marathon now, was, um, we're in the same year at school. Yeah, cool. And um, yeah, I was kind of probably had more of the upper hand through to about fifth form. And then he started kind of catching up and we were pretty even um, through the last couple of years at school. Nice. Um, and yeah, we were together when we, we also both were part of a three-man um, bronze medal winning team for secondary school cross country as well, which was my top placing, I think it was about 21st, which I was actually cool. really stoked with, uh, almost be top 20. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's a tough race to do well on that race. Don't worry, I'm sure someone ahead of you will get done for drugs eventually. <laughs> You'll get another yeah, race. I might, I might get that 19th. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. There's never any drugs at New Zealand running. Um, well, <laughs> let's not go there. Um so that, that's awesome, and I was actually going to mention New Zealand secondary schools, cause the cross country champs, because it's um, like it's just been uh, the twenty eighteen yep. edition, and it's definitely it's the big event that you want to want to do well at, at, in a, as a high school runner. Um, so to come twenty first, like that's that's really solid. And when I've looked back through, you know, previous um, previous results from New Zealand secondary schools, you see names like Nick Willis down in, um, in some pretty low positions. I think he posted on Facebook that he, um, I think he got 50th or something one year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you, you'll see. So it's so easy to be between 30th and, like, 80th place. Like, yeah. it might mean 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's often, um, yeah, guys are just screaming in all together. So yeah, I, I I was pretty sure like I placed over hundredth one year, um, wow. and then I think it's maybe in the seventies had like, and then I think maybe a fortieth and then the twentieth. So yeah, it's she's a tough one, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I got two hundred and nineteenth year that I did. <laughs> I did it. I didn't really run much at high school, but the year that I did, I lost my shoes within one hundred meters through a mud puddle. <laughs> and I spent like a couple of minutes trying to find my shoe. <laughs> yeah, I just I I remember just running um I ran bare feet at one nationals because I went back to my warm up area and someone had nicked my spikes, <laughs> and so and so I just had no choice but run barefoot. And yeah. um that was a, a it was under twenty national crossy. I think I was like seventeen at the time. It was like club one. I got ninth, I think, which I was, I was so pumped. Like, that, I was so happy. I was so happy to get ninth because I was quite young in that um, age group. But the guys in front of me were guns, and yeah, beat, beat a couple of good people. But it's funny the barefoot cross the eight. It's just like ran years until you get spikes. You almost like doesn't make too much of a difference on a dry track. Who knows? But yeah, but it definitely. Yeah, it makes a big old difference when it's muddy. Um, get, yeah, up, the mud. get up the 17 mil spikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so I just digged out on Facebook um, what Nick Willis did at um, New Zealand Secondary School. So he got third twice um, when he was 15 and then when he was 17. And he said that both of those were on a flat course. Um, so obviously he's a bit more geared for the, the flat, faster running. Um, yeah. And then as a 16-year-old, he finished 83rd. So there you go. Um, and he oh, said he almost quit running after that um, 83rd rubbish. place. <laughs> yeah. um, probably, so, sh- pro- probably should have, mate. He's really struggled in his senior years, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 329 for the 1,500. What? <laughs> what is that? Um <laughs> Says a guy who couldn't even break four, but anyway. So so moving on. Um, so you had a pretty um, pretty solid high school running career, and then you made the move down to Wellington to study, um, and yep. joined the incredible running club that is Wellington Scottish, and teamed up with a lot of guys down down in Wellington. So tell us a bit about your senior years. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I headed down um, to Wellington not in the best circumstance. I was actually on crutches at the time because I just um, had broken my foot 
kind of That's leading into the summer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just running quite and was a bit. That, and it, was that a running injury or was that just a random? Yeah, thing? I was just I was, I was was just running along and I had had a quite sore like up the side of my calf and, and in my foot for a while and it was like pretty painful and then one morning I like stood up and I was just like, oh, man, this, I can't even stand up properly. And then, yeah, went and got a um, scan and stuff and the bone had the cuboid on the side of the foot had been yeah. completely detached from the foot. Right. Um, so they ended up actually just cutting that out and um, reattaching my tendon onto my fourth. So I'm actually wow. missing my, um, the outside of my fifth metatarsal on my left foot. Yeah. Um, but it didn't actually make any difference in terms of the recovery and stuff. Um, actually felt like it's been fine um, since then and had no problems, but yeah, once once I got down to Wellington, I'd, I'd heard a lot about Scottish and um, wanted to be involved in that club. And because I wasn't running at all, I was just hearing all these stories and guys training together and stuff. And I was like, oh man, this could be awesome having training partners. And just just couldn't wait to kind of get started. And so yeah, I probably got a bit too keen that first year when I came off the crutches because I'd like I jumped in the pool and then my old man was like, oh, you may as well just get stuck into it and test the foot, see how it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it ran like 170K my first week back. <laughs> um, everything was like, was real sore and tender on the on Monday or Tuesday. I was like, oh, probably done some damage here. So I backed off for a bit yeah. and then got back into it. And then, yeah, it was probably after a year of being down there, I started running all right. Um cool. And started, yeah, just racing like everything under the sun because I just missed it heaps. I was just racing like all the, you know, like the Vossler cross country and Dawn Cup and North Islands and, yeah, wanting to kind of place as high as I could and um, prove myself and try and make those senior A-teams for relays as well because yeah. those are always really exciting. The all-important A-team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you kind of focused on um, – on that, well, cross country was a big, big focus for you over the winter. Um, and what about on the track? Um, can you throw us some some numbers and stats that you you got to on the track? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, as you said, I, I, cross country was like my first um, love, and I and I still competing in cross country, yeah. um, which would be most of the winter. And yeah, I guess I probably mainly ran like five k's and stuff on the track. Um, I ran a couple of steeplechases um, oh. as well um, as a junior. Like I won the national title in the steeple and was like third in a 5K. So I was kind of awesome. always like, oh, probably, probably going to be more of a 5K, 10K, 10K type of guy moving into probably the marathon later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, focused a bit on the track um, for a couple of seasons at the shorter stuff. Um, I remember I was being coached by uh, Reese Buck at the time who kind of suggested it. Um, where it was just at the end of like a run and he was like, yeah, you got a bit of toe, like maybe you should focus on some eights and fifteens and see what you can do. Nice. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I was, it was funny cause I was a senior and I, like, I think I'd only run like 159. Like it was, I, well, in my head, I was like, what's the point of running eights? But, yeah. um, yeah, gradually whittled down one season down to a 153, nice. um, which, um, I ran at a nationals as well, so I ran like 150. I went from 157 to a 155 in the heat, and then <laughs> went from 155 to 153 in the final, and got sixth in the national final. So very good. I was pretty pretty happy with that. Um, but yeah, other I can guess my other PBs. What was my 5k? It's like 14, 23 or 24. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really solid though. Um, did you yeah, do any yeah. um, any ten k's or half marathons? Yeah, I ran a couple of ten k's on the track. They always went pretty average though. Um, yeah. I think I ran oh, close to thirty-one minutes on the track. Yeah, um, I, I ran a. I got third at the national half marathon champs in like seventy flat. Uh, one year up in Auckland. Yeah, nice. Um, which I was, I was pretty happy with that one because it it's a fairly hilly course that first bit over through the um, 
the North Shore side. Yeah, but, it is. Um, I, I, I hadn't run for weeks leading up to that, so I was pretty kind of nervous going in. But like two weeks ago, I was probably the most confident runner I've ever been because I'd just come off like such a good block of training. But had just something had flared up. It was um, doing my head in, so I couldn't really run much. So I just I took the time off to recover. But it just showed that that kind of fitness carried me through for those next couple of weeks, and I was able to compete fairly well. Um, but again, I was always I, I think I should have run probably a bit quicker over the half. Um, and think I've still got time to get back to run faster over the half in these um, my later years as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's one of those things like when you see some of the um, the the masters runners around New Zealand who are still cranking up fast times for you know ten k and above. It does give you a bit of hope, like the Sally Gibbs yeah. of this world. Eh, it's like far out. She's she's faster than most most youngins, and she's in her mid fifties. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually run with a guy a little bit over here, a guy called Russell Desaichin, who he's 40. Yeah. And he, like, he was top 10, I think, at National Crossy last year. Wow. Yeah. For Aussie, which is they're always pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And was running like 66 or 67 for a half. Yeah. Yes. He's, um, yeah, real good guy to key off. Cool. Oh, very good. So what, going back to cross-country, what were some of your highlights in, um, in your senior years for cross-country? Yeah, I um, was always um, pretty happy with how I went in crossy, but had always, I'd always wanted to win a national cross-country title, which um, yeah. never happened. But, yeah, I was, I was fifth a couple of years um, on the cross-country and the road. Um, but winning cross country uh, Wellington titles was always really fun. Yeah, um, I remember one in particular. Sorry to interrupt. Where you um, where you beat Hamish Carson? I think it was maybe like twenty ten or twenty eleven, um, and it was a yeah. real wet. It was always wet and muddy as that race. Um, yeah. But I remember just watching a video recently, and um, everyone comes around the corner. It's sort of first lap, and then. Um, Jesse Patel comes running around the corner and he's got no spikes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going back to running idiot. barefoot. And he's like sliding off the side of the path and <laughs> barely keeping up. But um, I, Yeah, I, I remember talking to him that day and being like, mate, you can't wear flats here. And I think I, I almost lapped him, like I almost caught him yeah, yeah. Um, that day. But, yeah, that was, that was a real um, – I was real pumped with that race as well. It was kind of um, – a lot of hard work going in and I knew like obviously you never take someone like Hamish um, Carson for granted who's been an Olympian yeah um and and I knew I couldn't afford to let him hang around near the end so it was just like you know from 8k to the end was just me surging after surge after surge and wow but it was just kind of yeah letting it's funny that's probably one of the only times where I remember being so fit that I knew I could do anything that day. Yeah, and it was cool. just like I I was quietly confident I was going to drop him. Um, and then I did on the um, penultimate lap and just ran away with it. And, yeah, nice. yeah that, was, that was pretty cool. But um, it's, it's funny. I remember that day was, yeah, it was soggy as, super wet. I ran 40 minutes flat. And then two weeks later at Nationals, it was all dried up real hard and I ran exactly <laughs> the same time <laughs> oh, far out. Yeah. yeah so I just it, yeah. I obviously ran a lot better that day at the Wellington Champs but um yeah it's just one of those things you gotta it's hard to get that timing right at some of the championships sometimes yeah exactly and and I remember talking to you before um you did a, a really solid result at the North Island cross-country champs and you said the week before you'd dropped a, a 3k pb just in training <laughs> on the track um, so it's one yeah. of those things like you can often leave leave the best work out on the training field, um, but that yeah, time that was, was tricky, eh? That was I think 2009 or 2010 as well. Yeah. yeah, again, it's like went through this crazy block of training. Yeah, ran 8:14 first 3k on the track by myself in the <laughs> middle of winter. Um, dad on the bike, and then yeah, ran North Islands, ran like 28:40. And then, like, the week after, did a 10K 
top trial by myself again and ran like 15, 30, 14, 58 splits and nice. was just like, yeah, real fit. But yeah, just kind of came up short again at nationals and yeah, I was probably my own worst enemy. Like I loved just like burying myself in training um, sometimes to probably more often than not, which I've obviously learned a lot from too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's really tricky. It's one of those things like that's where a, a coach really comes in handy who knows you really well and can say like, okay, that's that's enough for this workout because we're going to save it for next week, which is the key race. Like um, it's often mm. that psychology of like, I want to do a really good workout this week, so I've got that mental strength going into next week that I can run hard. But it's almost like you just need to save that little bit for for the race. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fine line of having that. Um, you know, you use workouts to give you confidence, but then, yeah, you end up, you can end up doing more damage than good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always remember, I think it was Adrian Blinko before the London Olympics, I want to say. And it was his last track workout before the London Olympics. And he did, uh, on his last rep, um, pulled up it with a calf injury. I think it was a calf or maybe a hamstring. But it's just like, mm. oh, man, uh, you know, imagine if he just decided, okay, that's enough right there. I mean, there's no way of predicting that that calf injury is going to happen, but um, mm. yeah, it's, it's always that, that risk of, of just being slightly overtrained or even injured um, compared yeah, to those mental yeah. gains you get. Yeah. Yeah. I liken it most to probably like the Robertsons in Kenya and Ethiopia um, in terms of, you know, I think probably a lot of people, would look at them and say, oh, man, they don't often race that much or, like, where have they been? Like, sometimes it can be a while. Yeah. But, man, people just don't understand that they are just, like, it's a very fine line to, between pushing that envelope and they are always on that knife edge of the envelope. Like, yeah, they're just they're training so hard and they want to get the absolute best out of themselves, which then shows when they're on and they've got it right, you look at a guy or you look at Jake's season just being, it's just like New Zealand record after New Zealand record. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I think it takes as well. You have to push that, that line as well. It's just yeah. getting that balance. And it looks like um, they've both obviously got a great balance of it now and now um, getting the fruits of all their years labor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that is such an amazing story. I can't wait for the movie to come out of those two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. It'll be epic. Death threats and everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, choice. So really good um, good running career. But then at some point for you, the the motivation um, departed and um, you took a little break from the sport. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, probably, I won't go into it too much details into yeah. why I end up um, stopping. But, yeah, it was of both, um, I think, mental and physical burnout um, with a, probably a, a lack of support um, at the time when I when I most needed it. Yeah, sure. Um, so that was, yeah, it was, it was a hard decision. But then when I, I, I definitely didn't think I'd get back into running again, I was just like, no, I'm done. Um, you know, end up going to the gym and spending heaps of time just trying to get big and, you know, got up to like, bench pressing 130 kilos and I was like yeah I was like all of a sudden my brain my running brain was transferred to the gym and wanting to um, pbs in there and stuff and I was just like yeah it got a a bit crazy at some points you know I'd spend like four or five hours at the gym some days and (laughs) yeah it was just I think I needed still an avenue of somewhere to exercise because I get really um fidgety like I I, I hate being inside and stuff so um yeah, that, that was kind of the way I went and um, packed on a fair bit of weight and then um, yeah, started do you remember, having, like Do you remember what your peak was? Uh, yeah, like I was probably, like I was happy with kind of how I looked at about 80 to 82 kilos, but then yeah. I started putting on a bit of like fat and stuff on top of that when I started having kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and blew out to 90 kilos, which was pretty big for someone who was like 65 kilos their whole life. Yeah, um, far out. Yeah, so I started, I was I was really struggling then to I was breathing pretty heavy going upstairs and that and um wow. yeah, it was a bit embarrassing almost of my own fitness. Um so yeah, and then I've I've just kind of I really only got back into it to begin with because I was like, oh man, I I just don't like the way I look to be honest and uh, I wanted to be able to start getting reasonably fit so that when the time comes I can play with my kids properly yeah um and be and be active with them and be a good role model um for them with um you know health and fitness and stuff and so yeah yeah, started off real slow like um yeah could barely run for like a few minutes at a time when I was getting back into it yeah that's Um, crazy and did you were you wearing like a gps watch and was that telling you some pretty (laughs) worrying signs (laughs) No way, I would not have. Um, I only started, I only got one after like getting back. Once I was able to kind of run for like half an hour without stopping. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, maybe I'll get one. Um, yeah, it's, it was real slow going. Like my, I, I probably felt like at times like I was floating along and my style had never changed. But then, yeah, I was just running quite a bit different too. So, stuff was like real sore and like I never used to get sore injured and get just aches everywhere yeah um at times I was like why am I even doing this like I just (laughs) what is the point like there's no I didn't really have any goals or anything so it was like so far removed and I didn't know how to train at that level either like being yeah yeah over overweight and unfit like it was just so foreign to me I was like do I go out and do like five times a K for an interval session or, and you know, like tempos were just out of the question because I couldn't even run like 5.30 pace, 5.30 per K, not even mile yeah. um, without like heavy breathing. And yeah, so that, that took quite a while, probably a year to lose a significant amount of weight and actually feel kind of comfortable and then wow. yeah. and and for you like was it the running that did the trick for that weight loss or did you like do some diet uh, I had to, yeah I did a lot of dieting stuff as well um cut out a lot of, I was eating so much junk food man like <laughs> I was eating a lot of takeaways um drinking a lot of beers <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know you could drink like like I drank a lot of beers when I was running but you could you know because you're running like 200 k's a week it's like yeah, never yeah. really touched the insides yeah. um but yeah it had um it was definitely adding up so even cutting that stuff out um helped a lot yeah and um which which brings me through to like now like it's been about two and a half almost three years since getting back into it but i've had probably six to eight months of that time of like mediocre running too just because of little niggles and injuries but um kind of feel like i'm at a level now where i'm fit to get fit so cool. yeah, yeah like last week i ran like 120 k's which is nice. huge for for me and I, I was been looking to kind of get around that 130 mark i think would be a good average yeah. to hold to get fit again while training smarter and not just running a lot of miles for the sake of it um and running more smart um so yeah i think over the next six months i think i should see some um good improvements and yeah, really excited to race again on the track as well, which would be my main aims coming up. Cool. Yeah, I, I really like that idea of like being fit to to get fitter. Um, yeah. People often don't realise the stepping stones to to a goal, and um, like if you want to use, say, back to your weight loss example, if you want to use running for weight loss diving into doing lots of long runs is probably not the best way to do it because your body's not going to be adapted to it. So you actually need to go in slow um, and incorporate things like cycling and swimming or um, getting in the gym, getting stronger um, in order to prepare your body to do that weight loss through through running. So it's, yeah, those things are key. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like I've seen other people's um, stories and stuff, and I mean, one guy who a lot of people have probably heard his story is Ben St. Lawrence, who, yeah, yeah as, as we all know, is Australian record holder over 10k. But you know, he was like the same size as me, like 90, 90 plus kilos, just from drinking a lot and stuff. And it took him a few, fair few years to get actually fit again. 
Yeah. Um, whereas I've seen people take the time off, but they're still lean. So it's like you probably get your fitness back like a year quicker than someone that would have done it my way. Yeah. Um, just because your biomechanics aren't going to change too much. Um, you know, the reality that you're carrying 25 kilos more um, is the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. And you're probably going to, if you previously we were running, you know, four something per minutes per K, um, you're probably mm. going to be running five minutes per K when you get back to it if you haven't lost, if you haven't put on that weight. But if you put on the weight, then it's, yeah, you're, you're going to be adding minutes per K to what you used yeah. to do. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, and that changes things a lot. So speaking of that, I know you did a marathon when you were um, in your non-running period. Um, tell us about that. Are you there? Oh, yeah, yeah, got you back now. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so I know that you tackled a marathon when you when you weren't sort of running um, full time. Tell us how you, you dreamed up that, this crazy notion of tackling a marathon when you weren't early training. Yeah, that was that was stupid. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was almost at peak weight then. I was I remember being like eighty eight kilos, <laughs> but um, my my now wife I was talking to and cause she never knew me as a runner. She only met me as a non-runner and she, she would kind of hear all these stories and I was like, Oh, I could probably still run a marathon without training. And yeah, she yeah. was like, she was like, why? Like, are you sure? <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh, maybe I should do Rotorua. It's like in a couple of months. Um, I'll, I'll raise some money for um, something. And so, um, yeah, decided to do it for Alzheimer's because that's what my nan passed away from. Wow. Um, and Rotorua was pretty special to me too because my granddad had won it a few times as a master and my dad had run it a lot as well. Yeah, that's, um, that's really cool. So I was, yeah, so I was like, I'll go do that one. Um, and, yeah, I hadn't done any running and I did four hours 45 after doing – the first half in an hour 58 and the second half, yeah, it was like 247 or something. So oh, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was literally the worst um, experience of my life. Like I was, my legs had, I took my first walk at like 14 Ks. Yeah. Um, my legs had gone so tight and stiff. Like my, my hips weren't opening up anymore. I was throwing up all over myself. Oh, no. I was, I had to like lean up against the fence at like 30 K and try and stretch everything out. Cause I was barely moving. Oh. Um, and my, my, I remember my dad being like, you can stop here if you want, you know, like you got <laughs> this literally nothing to prove here. And yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the only thing that really kept me going was that I was still somehow passing people. Like really? I was, wow. Yeah, like it just made me think. I'm like, man, if I'm passing people, imagine how hard they're battling. And yeah. Um, yeah. that's the thing. Even though my marathon experience is very limited, it's um, I do have a very good understanding of the human body and what it can do um, if you put your mind to it. But I was just like, man, yeah, if these if these guys are struggling, like, sure, they're probably feeling a lot worse than I am, and I was feeling pretty bad, but um, yeah. the, the, worst part, the worst part was just the next day. I, I couldn't even, I, I, I swear, I could not get out of bed. I, someone had to, <laughs> like, my, my wife had to literally grab my arms and pull me up, like, bend me at the hip, because I couldn't <laughs> lift my, I couldn't flex my leg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't able to drive home the next day, so she had to drive, and it was just, mate, it was, yeah, hands down the worst I've ever felt. Oh, man, that, that's brutal. <laughs> and, I mean, some people will be listening thinking, oh, 4.45, that's, that's pretty solid. I've been trying to get under five hours for a while. and um, But the thing is, it's all relative to, to what you've done before, or, uh, you know, you're basically... Oh, mate, this is, this is coming from, you know, someone who's... You know, I used to cut out like macro loops in like two oh eight to two ten on a Sunday and be doubling up in the afternoon sometimes. Like I'd be you know, I'd probably be running I don't know what pace it was for a marathon, but it was probably equivalent to running like a two thirty marathon some yeah, days. Yeah, I'd say so. 
Um, so for those who um, don't know, the, ma the Macra Loop is this um, quite legendary loop that goes out the back of Tower and Johnsonville and um, is it back of Tower? Oh, roughly yeah. back of Johnsonville yeah. anyway and comes yeah. up through uh, Macra into Karori. Um, and it's about 34K, would that be right? Um, yeah, 34, 35K. I think I've seen guys with a Garmin now going around it at about yeah, 30 four and a bit k's or something yeah, but it's got some good old hills in it and it's yeah, it's definitely a good good testing ground so to smash it out in 208 that's that's pretty solid um, yeah. yeah and the fact is like if you're running 200k a week you're basically doing almost 30k a day on average so the thought of doing yeah. 42k yeah. is not really much of a much of a challenge when you're at, at that level um yeah, I think I, I think I ran like up to about thirty eight k for some of my longest runs. So yeah, it's getting like yeah, like I think when you get to that level, the distance isn't um, the fact that it's yeah. kind of getting your body feeling right on the day is a tough one. Yeah, for sure. So it's I think it's really cool for our listeners as well to hear from someone who's been at those two extremes of being able to handle that distance and speed really well, and then coming back into it and actually puking your way through a marathon course and, and really suffering. Um, and uh, man, Mate, I, I've, got a, um, I've got a story for when I, I guess I do my next marathon because then I can, well, fingers crossed, the next one is like a two-hour-plus PB or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So what's what's the goal for you now? Like you're, um, you're living in Wollongong. Um, you've got two kids now. How... Like, have, have you got goals for, for times or for races or is it sort of just fitting in around the family? Yeah, I, d I definitely um, have some goals. Um, yeah, at this stage, it's, it's really just kind of getting better than I was the week before. Um, I, I think this track season, I would really like to give, like, a steeple a good crack. Nice. Um, I think it's an event that I could probably do well in, like, I was getting close to low nine minutes in a couple without too much of a focus on. So cool. I naturally hurdle pretty well um, and think, yeah, I would love to kind of get under that nine minute barrier. I think would be a great um, aim, whether that's the season or not, who knows, but um, yeah, really keen to just race a lot more and um, just get better than the each one, not compare it to kind of PBs I've had in the past. Um, but I do think, that I can get back to a level where I am running PBs again. I've still got kind of age on my side for, I think, those distance events, being 30 years old. So yeah, um, really looking cool. to that. And just, um, yeah, I think over the next few years at least, and I would really like to get stuck into some um, marathon stuff again um, and, and give one a proper crack for a few years. But I think I can um, wait a few years still for that as well. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no great rush with the marathon, and that's, that's something that my coach told me. Um, shout out to Steve Plowman early on when I started running. I, I wanted to step up straight, straight away and do a marathon, and um, mm. I ended up just focusing on, um, on short stuff, on track, track stuff, and well, like I was in my mid twenties, so it gave me a chance to get some of that speed before it was too late and now, yeah. now I'm a seized up old man um, it's, <laughs> um, it's good knowing that I, I'd done that, that fast stuff but yeah yeah oh very cool and how do you how do you manage it with the with the family You're working full-time um how do you fit your yep. running in yeah so just I mean just everything's changed really in the way I structure it but um you know obviously I used to be used to run whenever I wanted um but it was normally mainly like eight or nine o'clock in the morning and then sometime in the evening. But now, yeah, with two kids and, and a full-time job and um, stuff, I, I'll just set the alarm to 5.30 and get up and um, get my morning exercise out of the way, which is normally either just an easy jog or I'll do something in the gym. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do a second run um, or my first run for the day, um, normally an easy 10 to 12K for my lunch break, nice. um, which, which fits in well with work. And then once a week, um, during a weekday, I, I ask the wife nicely for Tuesdays so that I can do a, a good long session. So normally 15 to 20 Ks on Tuesday, of, um, cool. normally on the track. Awesome. And the weekends, I kind of just um, 
get it done in the morning so that the whole day is for family. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the evenings are reserved for family, which I love and wouldn't change. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a um, well, it's sort of a blessing and a curse for having a family with with your running. Like on the one hand, there's like way less time to get the running done, uh, which would be the mm. curse. But the the blessing is like you get into just you're forced into good habits that make you like yeah. you just got to get up at five thirty a.m. and get the run done. Uh, there's kind of no yep. option. So if you don't roll out of bed, yeah. it's just not going to happen. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And it's actually a good time of the day as well, to be honest. It's um, you know, I yeah. kind of look at it as that's the time to myself, and yeah. I can really just focus on what I need to do, and and I get it done, and it's um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks heaps for sharing your story. And um, I'm sure lots of people will be inspired, whether it's young kids looking to um, progress their, their high school running and after New Zealand secondary school's just finished, or whether it's um, people in their senior years trying to crank out a fast um, national cross-country champs, or if it's people, yeah, trying to lose weight and, and do their first marathon or something like that. I think we've, we've covered all those bases, eh? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, I have a newfound respect, too, for just anyone that comes from no running background at all, um, yeah. either overweight or, or even if they're not overweight, if they're just getting into it for the first time. It's just, um, it's yeah, opened my eyes to um, understand a lot more um how difficult it is and um yeah to just be there for others and help them out um when you can and um yeah i'm very supportive and open to always talking to people about that as well that might only just be getting into running and needing some inside tips and training um details and stuff so yeah it's good oh that's that's really cool and like the thing with running, it's one of the only sports where we get to share the exact same experiences, like um, Nick Willis and the Robertsons at one end to your um, couch potato running their first hundred meters down the street. It's the same, yeah. You know, it's the same struggles that we we deal with. It's just at slower paces or at shorter distances, longer distances. Um, whereas, yeah. like, can you compare yourself to? Um, like Bowden Barrett and playing against France in the All Blacks, like there's no frame of reference aside from playing lunchtime rugby at high school, really, for most people. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's it's the it's a, such a cool sport to be able to share those experiences across the board. Speaking of which, we wanted to cover off the um, the highlights from the New Zealand secondary schools. Cross country champs because it is quite um, recent in people's minds, and as we mentioned before, it really is the the big event in school running in New Zealand. And um, if you feature highly in the New Zealand secondary schools, you'll have universities overseas knocking on your door um, with scholarships, and um, yeah, there's all sorts of life events can open up just from um, from placing well in this race. So. Let's dive in through the races. So we'll start off with the Year 9 girls. So for those who don't know, um, the school champs are divided amongst Year 9s, juniors, and then seniors. So juniors is usually Year 10 and 11. Roughly, it's done on age, so can be different. And then Years 12 and 13 are typically seniors. Um, So our... Year 9 girls champion was Maya Wilkinson uh, from Wellington East Girls College, ahead of Eddie Kozniak and, or Eddie Kozniak, and then Anna Bassett from Wellington East Girls, again, was in third. Um, and then if we jump over to the junior girls, and this is a name that I know very well, uh, took out the win, Isabella Richardson. So I've, I've been involved with coaching here up in Auckland. She's, she's speedy. I'd always always dread the sessions with her when I was running with her because she, <laughs> she could fly, man. Um, and I remember sometimes doing some tempo runs with her and I would, would have had some other uh, clients beforehand that I'd be running with. So you'd sort of be two hours into a run and then do a tempo run with her and she's just got um, 
yeah, a lot of speed and a lot of endurance as well. So she'd often bury me in the workouts. So, um, <laughs> but she ended up t- taking the junior girls title um, ahead of Marley Kyle Ford of Wellington East Girls College again, and then Maya Flint from Tauranga Girls. So they're your junior girls champs. Um, skipping over to the year nine boys, sorry, it's a little bit out of out of order. But Christian Duval had a pretty solid win from McLean's College, and then Matthias Wetzels from Hamilton Boys, then also from Hamilton Boys, Joseph Morgan in third place. Um, let's jump to the junior boys. I oh, know it might be the senior girls up next. So uh, this is a name that you definitely would have heard of, Stefan. Um, Hannah O'Connor took out the win uh, from Sacred Heart in New Plymouth, and she was all of 23 seconds ahead of Kirsty Ray in second of Wellington East. Another Wellington East runner far out. They must have a good good little crew down there. Yeah. Um, and then Amy Ferguson from Rotatuna um, High School in third place. Um, yeah, so, nice. You mean, was it Wellington East, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. school. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they've always kind of – I always remember seeing in the news and stuff, yeah, they'd churn them out down there even when I was running down in the Wellington area. Um, cool. But, yeah, and that Hannah O'Connor name, obviously been a, a bit of a star since she started um, with the cross country, but, yeah, to win by that amount, that's um, – yeah, that's pretty dominating. Yeah, and I think um, we, we heard a stat of Hannah. So she's won – her last four National Secondary Schools cross-country champs. So she's won twice in the senior grades and then twice in the intermediate grades. Um, but the big glaring omission in her high school career is a silver medal when she was year nine. So far <laughs> out. What a, what a record. Um, and yeah. so for those who don't know, I'm based in New Plymouth these days and um, I got to run with her a little bit on the track over the summer and she was breathing down my neck in the, the 3K Taranaki champs and, um, yeah, definitely giving me a really solid run for my money. So she's very talented and um, exciting things to come. I, I can't wait to see what 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 comes next. Because um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I often look at, like, the year nine, even the intermediate um, age results and just take it with a grain of salt because you don't know if like what people's mm. training ages are at you don't know where they're at with their their physical development um mm. but it's one especially with the girls yeah, yeah it's yeah, exactly that's 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 super impressive and and very rare that um yeah someone has success at that junior level and um kicks on to the seniors within secondary schools too so yeah yeah Awesome it's, it's not that uncommon for a, a junior girl like to peak when they're 13 or 12 um, to actually run yeah. their fastest times and then puberty hits and the body just doesn't want to uh, do this running thing as much, much as it used to. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. it can be quite challenging for some of our junior girls. But, yeah, well done, Hannah. So on to the junior boys. So in the 4K, it was Toby Saxby took out the win, and he's from Westlake Boys, and we're, we're going to see quite a bit of Westlake Boys in these results. Um, Mac Rowe was in second place from New Plymouth Boys, and then Ben Rusco from Westlake Boys again. Um, and then let's skip down to the senior boys. This is the big one, Samuel Tanner took out the win, and for those who don't know Sam's name, definitely make a mental note of him right now, because we're going to see a lot more of this kid in the coming years. So he recently won the under-20s 1500 metre champs against the Stackfield um, in Hamilton over the summer, and like won it in impressive form with a blazing kick, so he's got serious wheels, and this shows also that he's got that great strength and endurance in the in the cross country. So for a six k course, he he won by eight seconds um, ahead of Liam Back from Wanganui Collegiate, and then Murdoch Murdoch McIntyre from Westlake Boys in third. Um, funnily yeah, enough, nice. yeah. Um, have have was, you seen much say, of Sam? Yeah, I was going to say oh, I don't know him personally, but um, have seen a bit of stuff posted. Um, Craig Kirkwood as his coach. Um, 
but yeah, cause mentioning about that stacked race, I mean, that's it's probably well, I think it definitely is the most deep that we've been in the fifteen hundred for men for that under twenty, under eighteen age category for a number of years. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was I was just going to say he then he must have just got on a plane straight over to Europe because they all three of those guys um, and that from that. 1500 anyway um, back in the summer um, Isaiah Pretty, Sam Tanner and Nick Moolai all raced over 1500 um, yeah. the other day um, two days ago um, and went Isaiah went 347 Sam Tanner went 348 and Moolai 351 so wow. as I understand it there's three I thought there was maybe four I thought there was Theo Quacks as well um, that they were kind of considering and I'm pretty sure they're selecting the top two from that race and the next race is the two to represent New Zealand at World Juniors. Um, so Tanner's kind of um, locked in, um, got one hand, I guess, on a spot there at the moment. Um, but I guess just coming off the plane, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he can kind of get one over Isaiah in the next race. But who knows? It's, it's such a good position to be in with all those guys competing at the level they are. Yeah, it really is. Um, and we've seen it before when there's a bunch of runners of similar ability and they can just push each other on and, and you end up seeing one or both of them really rise to the top. Uh, I reckon that's a lot to do with the, the Tom Walsh, Jack O'Gill um, battle that we had a few years ago and now Tom Walsh has really risen to the top in the world. Um, mm. I think Jacko's still got more to come, but that that yeah. rivalry is so good and it um, definitely yeah. gets the best out of you. Yeah, um, well, I th- I, I'm pretty sure, was it Isaiah that went 344, 345 and Sam maybe 345 or 346, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if like this European campaign if or at the Worlds, they drop down to, God, who knows, maybe a 342 or 343. Yeah, which... I, I really don't think that's out of the question, but you often do see that happen at these junior events um, where they, you know, drop another couple of seconds and, you know, all of a sudden if you're running 342 level as a junior, one, you're an absolute gun, which yeah. these guys already are, but then you're also probably like a top five, top six contender at World Juniors. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, for those who are wondering what those times mean, that's once you're down to 3.43, you're basically talking sub four-minute mile. Um, so that's the kind of standard that you're breaking through to. So these guys at the moment are probably equivalent to, I don't know, 4.02, 4.03 for the mile. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very impressive. Um, so let's jump back to the results for New Zealand secondary schools. So the team's results. So this is where we find out who the fastest schools in the country are. And we're just going to cover off the six-person six teams in the seniors. Um, otherwise, we'd be here forever. But the top three teams were St. Cuffs for the, the senior girls. They were in third place. Wanganui Collegiate in second. And a solid result from Barradine College in Auckland for first. Um, I will skip down to the senior boys. All right, senior boys, third place was New Plymouth Boys High School. That's my my local school now. Um, And and third place, and then Auckland Grammar in second, and then Westlake Boys. And seriously, they have an amazing program up there at Westlake Boys. I'd love to get the coach or the the director of their, their squad on for an interview. Um, so to put it into perspective how well they did, their worst place getter uh, for that six-man team was 57th. Um, their top three were placed third, fourth, and fifth. So <laughs> to have three in the top six, that's some pretty pretty serious depth at your school. So well done, Westlake boys. <laughs> Stefan, we probably shouldn't... Pe- keep this episode going forever. It was supposed to be a little short one um, to give people a teaser <laughs> for what's to come. Um, so little for those, introduction. Yeah, yeah. For those who are wondering what's happening with the show, we're basically going to aim to come out roughly every month um, and come out near the start of the month, so whether it's on the first or a few days later. Keep an eye out for it, and we'll recap that month's news and um, catch some interviews. We're going to have a... Um, 
a collegiate runner who performed really well in the States this year on for our interview next next week, maybe the week after. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and thanks, Stefan, for doing your first show. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, mate. And um, yeah, apologies if I went too long in certain areas to the listeners, but um, really excited to be involved and yeah, get some exciting uh, talent on here to speak with. Uh, yeah, totally. And you didn't you didn't ravel on for too long. It was all good, inspirational stuff. So thanks, man. And we will catch you all next week. Ciao.